0: This is episode fifty-three of the Steady Trade Podcast with
1: your host Tim Bowen. So ultimately, with me, remember everything boils down to risk management. You know, I don't, uh, I, I, I don't go on roller coasters.
0: And Stephen Johnson,
2: we're talking about flip flops before, and you said you don't wear them. Now the question is, in a hot country like America, why don't you wear flip flops?
0: Today we'll be covering part three of Tim Sykes' 14-part Trader Checklist series available for free on YouTube. So let's just get right into it today.
1: Welcome back to the Steady Trade podcast. We're continuing our series going over Trader Checklist, which is, again, a great resource. Maybe if you're here in this episode and haven't heard the previous two, I think we're on number three, chapter three today. Um, For sure, go to SteadyTrade.com. For sure, go to our YouTube. But, you know... uh, I think it'd be great to start at the beginning, but what we're doing is working through this resource. This resource is free. You can Google Trader Checklist. You'll find it on YouTube. There's a website for it. 100% free, great stock market education. And what we want to do is kind of, Stephen and I have both uh, watched it, they both learned from it. I think Stephen kind of got started with it there a year and a half or so ago. And uh, you know, Oh nice, nice, so. This is the um, fourth. Okay. So we're gonna go over we're gonna basically play some clips. We're gonna uh, we're gonna break down our input on them. And then also remember we've got a prize, you know, once we get done with this series, we're leading up into the conference that's always a big deal in the penny stocking world in October. Um we're looking for Ooh. you to kind of take this knowledge, take trader checklist, hopefully you pick up a few tidbits from Steven and I, and then we're gonna have you then grade stocks. And then we're going to give out a bunch of cool prizes.
2: Yeah, and I think I think one of today's subjects is uh, is risk reward. Uh, today and, and particularly risk and and since I am so good at managing risk, I think I should lead this episode because count, <laughs> countless times, uh, <laughs> countless times I've shown You watch it on
1: YouTube. You <laughs> saw me. You saw me take that that big gulp of water, and I think I think you cap well job or good job capitalizing on that. Stephen. Well job, well job. You, you saw me take the big gulp of water, and you're bragging about your risk management. I think um, yeah, I think.
2: I think uh, whatever I say in this episode, just do the opposite. You no, know, no, I'm just kidding. I, as, as as everybody knows, I'm very good at talking about rules. I'm not so good at sticking to them, and that
1: that is a tough one. But I say um,
2: one thing I that, just will want to
1: say, the, that will be the that will be the culmination of the Steady Trade Podcast. Now it, it might is, take us it might take us 25 years, but but we'll get there, baby. But but we've got 25 years, or at least I have, and at you, least. You may
2: have. If you keep on, if you keep on going with fitness and and not eating bread, you'll you'll probably get there as well. Um, And if I I just did a serious workout, and honestly, that workout that I did, a circuit training workout, that was harder than not cutting a loss. I reckon it was harder. (laughs) It was harder. But let's let's not talk about me or we or you and I. But we cut all day. Let's let's get create a checklist.
0: Mm. Here's another uh, example. You know, these are all just basic technical analysis. Uh, that most traders use Uh, and you know here's a symmetrical triangle it doesn't always need to be a a flat line sometimes you can have this kind of wedge being formed here and this is the breakout level Uh, or an ascending triangle which is what we saw earlier where you have this flat line and you have lower uh, or higher lows and it's forming this kind of wedge and it breaks out or a descending triangle which is what I really like to short sell when, you know, you have this level that's, that's acting as support and it can't act as support anymore and it just crashes right through it. Um, I love, love, love shorting this, especially when it's a blatant pump.
1: Actually, producer, if you don't mind, could you, I think it would be useful to keep yeah. that on screen as we discuss it. Um, Me too. And so, yeah, I mean, really, the, the symmetrical triangle isn't really one of my favorite patterns. Now, there are a lot of traders that look for that. Oh, on that note, just Google chart patterns. Uh, if you Google stock chart patterns, you'll find a, a image. There's several of them, but usually it's like the first one or two or three images on Google Images that have all of these patterns. There's about 15 or 20 that all traders are looking for. And remember, we talked about it, I think, last episode with technical indicators and chart patterns, you're looking for self-fulfilling prophecies. And and that's basically what Tim is talking about here is when everybody is looking for these charts, what's going to happen when the pattern manifests itself? And you know, for me, I'll let Steven kind of comment. But for me, the symmetrical triangle, I don't really like. I mean, I understand it's there. You know, it's higher lows, etc. But I think that typically tends to fail the to breakout. The ascending triangle is one I love. And especially on a day trade around that 2 p.m. window. Because you can get that big spike. And then you get that consolidation area and then you head into power hour and you get that break to the new high a day. That's a, I mean, that, that ascending triangle is probably my favorite pattern for a long pattern. And then on the flip side, that descending triangle is, you know, I talk about back in the day all the time when I was much more aggressive shorting late day, we, you know, it was kind of a different market back then, but we loved those big spikes that would then do that sideways action and then would break intraday support, man. We would hammer those short. And again, back in the day, typically they'd gap down the next day. So if I had to pick my two favorite patterns, it's those bottom two, the ascending and descending triangle.
2: Well, I'm really pleased, Tim, that you didn't pick my favorite pattern because it allows me to play a game with you that will test your IQ. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Are you ready for this? Things are about to elevate to another level, okay?
1: Yep. What's my favorite pattern? Uh, that, the, the, the gap in crap. So, the, so a stock that gaps oh, yeah. up very to true. previous very resistance yep. and, then, and, then, and, then, and then basically fails to fill that gap.
2: Very, very true, but I should have rephrased it a bit better. What's my favorite intraday pattern? Since we're talking about the ascending triangle and descending triangle, what's my favorite intraday pattern? And I'll give you a hint. Okay, you're looking at it right now. <laughs> What's your favorite part? You're looking at it right now.
1: I I I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not I, Tim. This I, is yes, a test of your intelligence. <laughs> I, I, you, you stumped me. I don't know. Uh, Tim you, Tim. Oh, the head, right hey! the head and shoulders. Head and shoulders. Well, you said fun. you're looking at it, and I just not, thought of like. I mean, a lot of adjectives came to my mind when you're like, you're looking at it right now. A lot of, you know, we try and keep it clean. A lot of profanity came to mind, but okay.
2: That was not bad. That was not bad. I mean, I would say within three or four seconds of me giving you the hint, I said it twice and you got it. No, no. My favorite pattern by far is the head and shoulders pattern. If I see one really important thing with any of these trial patterns is if you're looking like at an ascending, there's many variables. So my favorite pattern is the head and shoulders pattern. And basically, I mean, if you're looking at the screen, uh, you'll have a pop-up, which is the shoulder, which is my shoulder here. And then it'll spike up again, and then it'll make a lower high, and then it will not be able to pop back up, which forms the perfect head and shoulders. And I'm looking to kind of short the right shoulder, the shoulder here, and I'm risking the head, the high of the the day. And I always look for these pre-market when there's overhead resistance, when there's not a lot of volume. Um, and ideally, if there's like a resistance level to play off as well, which uh, from a previous time. But yeah, with descending triangles, you've got to look for other stuff as well. You've got to look kind of look for the volume dying out. You've got to look for that like that flat line, flat line, flat line. There's no buyers, but the sellers, and boom, <laughs> and then it goes. Uh, and obviously, with ascending triangles, it's the opposite. You've got to look for that 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 big volume bar that's going to push up. Which is in the volume bar, you can't qualify how big the volume bar is. It's just got to be
1: significantly. Higher in proportion than the other volume to the rest of the day. Yeah, you get that's actually. Let me let me let me comment on that because I get asked that question a lot. I'm glad you bring that point up. You know, because we'll say, Hey, I want to see a break with volume, and you'll give it well. People will want a quantity, and it's like, Well, it maybe it's 50,000, maybe it's 5 million. You know, it, it depends on how the stock is trading that day. So you're looking for relative to the, the, to the volume bars, you know, whether you're looking at five minute, 15 minute or an hour, you want to see a bar that's, you know, basically higher than the relative volume for that breakout long, because if you don't get a big volume candle, doesn't mean it can't break out, but it's much less likely because that's telling you the buyers aren't coming in. Don't buy a
2: sending triangle at 12 o'clock. That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. Just don't trade trade at 12 o'clock. Just don't (laughs)
1: trade at 12 o'clock. Yeah, you're going (laughs) to see, especially like that ascending triangle pattern. If you bring up today, bring up the biggest percent gainer, whatever day you're you're listening to the podcast, bring up the biggest percent gainer at noon today, and you're going to see, I mean, I'm on YouTube, but you're going to see that big spike in volume, and then it's going to drop, chop, chop, chop in volume, and then you want that break late day. Don't trade that thin volume midday. Avoid it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. We'll we'll go to the next clip, but I mean- Oh, and then real quick,
1: then vice versa on that descending triangle. Remember, they're basically polar opposites of each other. If you're buying that breakout late day on the ascending triangle, you want big volume. Vice versa, if you're shorting that breakdown you want no volume. You just want people just get, you know, saying, get me out and then get me, let me move on. So you're looking for the inverse, basically, on both of those.
0: Most people are looking for hot plays right at the market open. They just want to say, hey, what's hot today? What's new today? And you can take advantage of that by understanding you know, setups that are good ahead of time. And that's exactly what happened here on tops. You know, I made a few thousand dollars. That's fine for me. But my students made much more. And a lot of students were selling it at 330, 350, 4, you know, and it was just on their radar. That's what you should use my alerts and really my chat room and any chat room for. Get stocks on your watch list. Watch them in case they show signs of spiking.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I remember, I think I remember roughly the time that this was filmed and, and Tops had a few kind of indicators for it. Uh, ship as it ran in the past before tops was a low float without being heavily diluted just yet as far as i can remember and it has a history of spiking. i think back three years ago we had uh, everything was spiking in the morning like that was what was in fashion uh, so if if you saw a stock spike the day before you would watch it for a spike the next day and, 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 I remember Tim making a lot of money and I made a lot of money on that, but I think you'll give a, a more full analysis. I can see you chomping at the bit. Like I'm a piece of like, like the microphone's a piece of meat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, well, well, I, yeah. And I, I think that the, the main concept of this particular clip and, and the reason the producer brought it was, you know, don't try and trade alerts. You know, it, it, it we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. I mean, You got to have your own ideas. You know, you need to be building your own watch list, your own research process. Now, if you're looking at tops the previous day and it's on your watch list and then you see a chat room or a newsletter get in it, well, that could possibly act as a confirmation of your thought process. But if you show up drunk and hungover two minutes before the open, like Steven, and and you see an alert... And you buy that, or you short that, you will never ever be successful. Or nah, you know, I've we lost we, so
2: much money on a
1: and we all we've all done it. I did it. Every, too. Everyone does. Everyone does. <laughs> everyone does. You can't help it. You can't help
2: it. It's 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 fun. It's fun in the beginning.
1: It, it kind of is, yeah. <laughs> but uh, as we talked about, I think the second episode where we talked about Greg um, on, uh, uh, Greg LX21 and all his oh, trades no. trades being on Profitly, use alerts to like learn from. So, so look at why Joe Blow bought Tops at 250 and what was his rationale? What was the volume? What was the catalyst? What did the stock then proceed to do? So use alerts that way. Use them as a way to like, reverse engineer a trade, but never trade on alerts. You'll, you'll get lucky once in a while, but you'll never, you'll never be consistent because it's gotta be your idea. It's gotta be your plan. It's gotta be your pattern. I mean, all these things are your time of day, you know, all these things that, that are part of the prepare in trader checklist, they all gotta be your criteria.
2: Yeah. And just to add, I know someone else who's more like LX21 hasn't updated for a while. So if you're looking back on the charts, it's kind of back a few years. But Roland Wolf yep. I've been through these Profitly lists and he, he gives actually quite descriptive analysis on all of these Profitly trades. So he's probably another one to look back on Profitly on as well.
0: I do like to see an uptrend before a breakout. Um, it's very tough, as you can see here, even though the news, there was actually no news right here on this breakout. Uh, the, the, the really big news was right here. And sometimes the news does not lead to a successful breakout. And no news can lead to a successful breakout. Very important for you guys to understand that, who think that, oh, these stocks only move based on news. Uh, sometimes the breakout itself can become the news. I mean, it's, it's pretty tough to not to see that it, it broke this key level. And so when it did it, it did it successfully. So great technical
1: analysis 101 there. You notice how how he was waiting for it to actually break. If you saw two times before it spiked and failed, then you wait for it to actually break because that brings it on everybody's scanners. It's on everybody's radar. Everybody is looking at it at that point. And it was quick, but Tim made a... Exceptional point, especially for you know, we're recording this summer 2018. It sounds very counterintuitive. He's like, Hey, this stock failed to break on news, which XXII is the word terrible stock. They make low nicotine cigarettes. If you're gonna smoke cigarettes, at least if you're gonna smoke cigarettes, just smoke Camel Unfiltered like a real man. But anyway, um. The real way. The real way. <laughs> well, why do it slowly, man? Just go all in. You know? <laughs> You're smoking cigarettes. You got 763 chemicals in those things. Why smoke a low nicotine cigarette? Anyway, terrible you, stock. You, ter- you, ter- ter- terrible stock that has a, few, uh, a, a, a history of failing. But right now, the biggest movers oh, have man. no news. And you might be like, wait a minute. Why, why would the biggest movers have no news? Because we, and, and, and Stephen can offer his input. You, It is such, there's so many aggressive short sellers out there now that they see a stock up big. They see no news. They pile in. And next thing you know, you get a 300% spiker because everybody's like, there's no news. There's no news. There's no news. It's got to come down. It's got to come down. And it's funny he Sykes made this comment, you know, two years ago. But this summer, it's been very applicable. The biggest movers have had no news. Yeah, now, like when you look at
2: that chart, there's like three things that immediately fly out to me. Uh, if the producer, if, if you can just pull the chart back, like there's three big standout points that come straight out. It's like another language you learn to read these things in a mental way. Uh, the first one is this is the third time it's tried to break out. So, generally, the, the more times it tries to break a key level, the more likely it is. Uh, the second thing is if you look at the volume bars, the last two, like, like the last time it tried was on 1.8 million. So, if it does get above that breakout level, because it's breaking out above a level that's a, a high volume level, that means that the volume is going to be even more powerful because it's, the more volume it breaks out from, the, the, the stronger the breakout is. Uh, and the third part, the third really interesting part about this chart is with this breakout, like the, the time it tried to break out on October 1, 2013, like it's not going to have a good chance of breaking out when it's already come from the 1.2s to the 1.8s. Mm-hmm. It's going to struggle because it's come too far too fast. But when it's kind of been edging up on the daily, inch by inch by inch by inch, all of these longs have got a lot of support levels to fall back on, and the shorts haven't really got much downside. So it's really going to kind of break out that 180 level because, well, there's much more chance of it because longs are covered with a base and, and shorts have got no real downside.
1: Very well said, Steven. <laughs> I agree I'll with 100%, 100% of day, that. Day
2: I'm... <laughs> no, that was well done. well done. I get disciplined. <laughs> One day when I stop losing and I get disciplined, I'll be a little STT pro teacher. I'll, I'll be the little protege, but I've, I've got a long way to come.
0: It's counterintuitive what works. I know a lot of you guys just want to buy stocks when they dip 50, 75%. You're like, hey, I was taught to buy low, sell high. You know, When a stock drops a lot, it's probably for the wrong reasons, so let me just buy it on the dip and and you know sell. With penny stocks, with low price stocks, you can't do that. If a stock drops 50 to 75% in a day or a week or a month, the company is probably going to do something really bad, okay? You have to remember, most penny stocks fail.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, there's guys that can dip by. There's guys that are good at it. There's guys that recognize the right setup. I mean... The classic dip buys, especially like an OTC stock that may be promoted that's been trending for, I mean, we've had them trend for like a month or two months. They're up, you know, 300% in two months and they drop 50% at the open. You know, you've got two months worth of longs in there that are going to add and in theory, push it back up. But I... I mean, there there might be no thing Tim Sykes has ever said more that I or, or that I agree with more than not trying to dip by sketchy penny stocks. I mean, th- most of the time, they're up for no reason. They may be manipulated. They may be promoted. They may be, you know, doing a sketchy financing, you know, insiders. I mean, there's all kinds of bad stuff. So you write them up. Short them on the backside, but in my opinion, I haven't, I've maybe dip bought a low price stock once or twice in the last five years. And I can guarantee I lost both times. So, um, and when I say dip yeah. buy, uh-uh. the idea with a dip buy is you're looking, I mean, again, this is kind of back to the classic sense. You're looking for a stock that's been strongly uptrending for a long time. So it's, you know, it started out here and it's way up here and then it yanks a huge percent in like one day, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's nine 35 AM and this thing's down 40, 50%. The thought process is since it's been uptrending for so long, you're going to get a lot of longs. that are going to say, Oh, here's an opportunity to add to this position and that buying will push it back up. So, but I mean. I believe in, in, in Steven yeah. getting more, getting more than one workout in a row, multiple days, more <laughs> than I believe in dip by. So, yeah,
2: no, I mean, with I mean, if you ever tried it, have you, the, I I know, mean, have you ever dip body, I mean, you, no, but like you will dip by, I mean, in a sense, you'll dip by when you dip by in week, open, red to green. In in sense, well, but I'm
1: waiting for it to go back green. It's green
2: on the day at that point. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but in the, in the sense of like dip buying isn't catching a blood, uh, fallen knife. Like in that sense of dip buying, and you're gonna get your hands bloody. Uh, the best piece of advice I would give is have a plan. <laughs> have a plan <laughs> because like if you're gonna have, like you might say like the bottom might not come, so I'll take a small starter here. And then I'll take a big shot if it actually gets down at this level. That's, that's reasonable as long as you plan it to do that. Do not average down and down and down into a dip mm-hmm. buy. It's the fastest way you'll blow up an account.
1: Yeah, you, I, mean, but, I mean, really, you know, think, of, think of adding to a dip buy as bad as adding to a short that's going against you. It's basically the same idea. Yeah, you know, both, you know, yeah. they're, they're inverses of each other again. If you're, if you're adding yeah. to a short that's hitting the new high of the day, it's always going to end bad. And if you're adding nah, to a dip nah, buy that's nah, going nah. lower, it's always going to end bad.
2: Yeah, and and if you are going to dip buy, like make sure you dip buying off a support level somewhere on the chart, like from the previous day or a support level from a few months ago with volume. Uh, that's that's the advice I give. And the only time I've ever dip bought successfully is pumps. Uh, if if there's a pump and it's going up 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 every day, and then for whatever reason it absolutely and it's in the morning it's in the first hour of the morning very often the promoters will save it and once you see it turning around you can pick up like 20 30 percent on pumps like that like AMMD was a great pump two years ago and it did it a few yeah, times. yeah that thing
1: bounced like three times didn't it
2: yeah yeah <laughs> and once you see get rescued once it's you it's going to rescue again uh, the other absolute no is uh, dip by
1: anything in the afternoon because if it if it falls upon the afternoon, it's probably not coming back. Great, great point. Yeah. And you know, we'll always get asked about this. Um, you mentioned the pump and dump. So remember it's 2018 when we're recording this, the traditional Stop. pump and dump where it's a promoted stock with email newsletters or hard copy mailers. These are very, very, very few and far between. So, if you're watching DVDs or YouTube videos and they talk about pump and dumps, the market has evolved. You know, Back when I got started, all day long we had pump and dumps, all the way up until 2013, 2014, and maybe a little later, but they've really cracked down on them. So I get asked all the time, hey, what's the latest pump? Well, about 48 weeks out of the year, the answer is there is no pump right now. Now stocks are still heavily manipulated. Um, look up the news on AWX for the week of July or for the last week of July, 2018, and you'll see stocks are still heavily ma- manipulated. But the quote-unquote pump and dump is very, very far and few and far between anymore.
2: Yeah, and, and that's what, another reason why you should stay away from low float stocks because uh, the low float they're ones are the heavily the, manipulated ones. Yeah. And the ones that are heavily manipulated, they are designed by clever, intelligent people with lots of money to basically fuck retailers. <laughs> so, I mean, in my opinion, they're designed to really, to really scam a lot of traders out of money. And, and they'll trick you, especially if you're a, big, a beginner trader, you'll fall into all of the mistakes.
1: Yeah, so we're going to save this discussion for a future podcast, but um, the low float idea... And the cornering the float idea is how stocks are manipulated right now. So um, we'll, t- we'll save it for another day. It's a long discussion. Stop, especially the low floats are very heavily manipulated right now, but it's a whole other podcast. And AWX. Next, next clip.
0: Here's another play I missed. I don't mind bringing up plays I missed because even though I missed it, I know I'm on the right track just by almost being there. You know, with K-O-N-E, I didn't want to chase it. My rules prevented me from chasing it. But again, sometimes, you know, in this market especially, it pays to be a little speculative. I was speculative with T-O-P-S and I was rewarded. I was not speculative here, mainly just because it was the middle of the day. And I wasn't rewarded. But I'm not going to change my rules just based on one play. If maybe 10 or 20 or 100 plays start breaking out at 10, 11 a.m., then maybe I'll, I'll adapt But the vast majority of plays that I like spike right at the market open. And here's another example, MDGS. This was this week, and I missed my buy right here at $2 a share. Pre-market, it was already uptrending. They had a good contract. uh, I believe it was from Johns Hopkins. um, And they they make this medical procedure uh, machine, and Johns Hopkins uh, Hospital ordered this machine. So it was a contract winner. It's uptrending pre-market. But look at the volume. The volume doesn't really happen until the market open. And I tried to buy this right at two dollars a share. If you actually pull up a chart of MDGS, um, you know, a longer term chart, you will see that two dollars a share is a big multi-year breakout, multi-month, multi-year breakout. Um, I had a chance to chase it right in here at two thirty. You can't really see it, but it paused for about thirty seconds here at two thirty ish. And I could have changed my buy order. I was just trying to buy 5,000 shares. Um, I could have bought 5,000 shares here at 235-ish. So I would have paid roughly 1,500 more, but I didn't want to chase it. As it turns out, I should have chased it um, in this market, you know. And this is all in the first 15 minutes, and it goes from 2 to 325. I missed it personally, um, but I brought it up pre-market to my students in the chat room, and... I would guesstimate maybe three to four hundred students profited on this, and and we're talking about profiting, buying it at two or two twenty and selling it at three or three twenty, making fifty percent on your money inside of fifteen minutes. And then it did nothing, and it and it went straight down. Uh, but this is just an example of how quickly these spikes are happening. Uh,
1: if you could keep that on screen, producer, please. Um, man, it's funny right there. Perfect. Um. You know, we, we, it's funny how we, t- we talk about former runners a lot. And people always be like, hey, how do you know former runners? How do, you, how, do you, how do you locate them? Where's a list? There is no real list of former runners. It comes with experience. It's funny, though. I think the trader checklist, I think, is two, maybe three years old. And Sykes has a chart of MDGS. And MDGS, two weeks ago, went from one to ten in a day. So it's funny how that's why that's why you want to whether you use your notebooks, whether you use Evernote, whether you use a PowerPoint presentation, I love saving charts to PowerPoint, you know, you could have like this daily chart of MDGS in your former runner PowerPoint, okay, then you save the chart from two weeks ago when it went from one to 10. And you look for these tickers that repeat. Because the ones that ran in the past tend to run again. And, uh, man, it, 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 it's just funny to see them repeat. And I love this chart. I mean, I don't remember this exact day, but Sykes says there was news. This is a low float stock. It's uptrending in pre-market. After the open, it breaks a whole dollar, half dollar of two. VWAP was probably 175, 180. I'm guessing he doesn't have it on his chart. You buy that break of two, you risk DWAP, you're risking 20, 25 cents. The thing proceeds to spike to three. I also love, and we talk about this one in Stocks to Trade Pro every day. I love that it rips a buck, yanks, and then reclaims the high of the day at about 9.45 a.m. Love that move, man. On a low float, you know it's heavily shorted. It's got news. It yanks like 50 cents right there. Then hits that high day again you'd at 290. Day. So I wouldn't buy that dip. I'd buy the rebreakout, out and then I'd risk the dip. Yeah. So, Very nice. meanwhile, you'd be yeah, shorting it, it all the way up.
2: <laughs> Do you know what the funny thing with that one is? And I don't know if it's maybe just a one off stock, maybe the volume was lighter, but it, it but to spike a dollar a share, like it's gone from two to three, it's spiked the buck a share from two to 330. And it's kind of doing it, and the, the minute volume is only like a few hundred thousand, three hundred thousand. So it's moving a lot on kind of light volume. I mean, I was just surprised by that because normally you'll see a mid, like five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand. I just wonder. I mean, if it's just a random example of just in general, the market and penny stocks are getting heavier
1: and heavier and heavier. Trading oh yeah, market. yeah. I I great great I point, so. man. You, are man, Stephen, you you showed up to work. <laughs> On point, you combed your hair, you're paying attention, <laughs> you know, you're making great <laughs> points. Geez O P. <laughs> so so no, no, a great point. I mean, man, it's one of so the so, so you talk about, first of all, I think this is from 2016, and you talk about the yeah. difference in volume. Remember, I flipped from being uh-huh. a nine from being a ninety percent short bias trader pre-2016 to being 90% long bias because I recognize exactly what you said. There is so much more volume in low price stocks now, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're looking at at a couple hundred thousand shares on MDGS. The other day when it spiked two weeks ago, it traded 15 million in one day. So you're a hundred percent right.
2: Okay. Let's ride that wave into the next one.
0: Uh, Here's another example, uh, you on demand, and I just want to show you chart after chart after chart to get an understanding of the kinds of moves that I like, the kinds of moves that are possible, um, even when there's not that many signs uh, ahead of time. You know, here's a 14-day chart of of you on demand. They're like a little wannabe Chinese Netflix, except they just have hardly any subscribers or or any business. This was in my long-term portfolio for a while, and it just did nothing. Um, this this spike here from 260 to 330 I mean they announced a deal with Disney okay which is a huge huge win for a small company like this to be able to distribute Disney films and the stock did absolutely nothing on that news and it came right back down uh, what spiked the stock from the twos to the fours and actually I think it even got up to seven the next day uh, was a seeking alpha article that said this could be the next Netflix so a contract with Disney didn't spike it that much, and I was actually disappointed. I remember I was buying this, and I think I got out. I don't know if I got out for a small gain or a small loss, but I was definitely really angry that the Disney deal, I think it was their biggest deal of all time at the time, um, didn't do much for the stock, and then this stupid article uh, you know, did it. So the, the lesson from this is that you can't choose – What's going to happen? Okay, some stocks are going to spike on, you know, just news, like when the the media picks up on a story. Uh, Sometimes it's going to spike on earnings. Sometimes it's going to spike on the hottest trend like TOPS, SPU, OPTT right now. Um, You just have to be open to it all, be receptive.
1: Yeah, uh,
2: uh, if we just jump back. I mean, I'll let you comment, but two things just immediately stick out to me. If we just jump back on the chart a little bit, if we just go back, I don't know what the history is beyond that, but I would, I would guess, I would guess it's probably a downtrend in chart. I'm not sure, and maybe I think that that initial spike where it's failed uh, around is it February 10, February 11 on the Thursday. I think it's just gone a little bit too far too soon, and then and it's not on a, a whole lot of volume, but we can see. When the breakout does happen, it's on significantly higher volume, and you've got a load of sh- you've got a load of breakout buyers. Uh, the next time in the three twenties, you've got a load of shorts piling in for the double top, and then just what happens when it breaks? All the shorts are basically stuck, and they're all covering higher and higher and higher. And all the breakout buyers are buying and buying and buying. And for me, I don't think it's so much about the news. Maybe the news was the catalyst, and it's a, it's a variable. But it's more, it's more the, it's more the um. The thought process of the traders shorts are short, at the top, breakout buys are buying, and then when it goes
1: one way, it'll go away with a bit of momentum, and it'll just push and push. So, one of the benefits of being 85 years old is, is uh, you know, I've been through all this stuff, and it's actually a good something just to kind of point out on Yad, And I traded this too, and I, I, I can't, I don't remember how I did, I don't think I did anything particularly great, but um, this is back when the Seeking Alpha pump you know, we talk about pump, you know, and, and remember all these things are evolving. So seeking alpha is a, uh, a blogging site, financial blogging site. Check it out. It's gotten pretty sketchy over the last couple of years, but what happened was about three or four years ago, and don't quote me on the dates, but basically Yahoo finance was, you know, it was like the biggest finance website, trading website forever and seeking alpha got a deal with Yahoo finance where all of uh, Yahoo Finance would pick up all of the, the Seeking Alpha articles. So this is back in the day we called it the Seeking Alpha pump. So the point Tim makes is they had a real deal with Disney, didn't move the stock because nobody cared, because nobody was looking for a real deal on, on YOD. What they were looking for was when it hit Seeking Alpha, they said, oh, this is the latest Seeking Alpha pump. Let's pile in. So. That it's an interesting contrast in how things change where you go from a real contract with, you know, one of the biggest com- companies in the world to yeah. a pumpy, promoting website. Now, Yahoo Finance and Seeking Alpha ultimately fell apart. That partnership ended. And now, you know, basically nobody cares about Seeking Alpha. I mean, it's like it's out there, but it doesn't move stocks. It used to move stocks.
2: I think that's a great analysis, Tim, and I think that's a good lesson for me as well. And uh, this is why you get to That's your
1: your daily dose of of history of the the world of penny stacks.
2: This this is why you're the beginner. You've you've justified it.
0: (laughs) All right, next. I want you to understand how quickly this stuff can change. Uh, So, you know, when you see commentary or if you see me having a buy alert, um, I don't really like buying and shorting the same day. Um, I actually tried to short tops uh, that day that it was breaking out, and that was a bad idea. I had to cut losses quickly. Um, it, it confuses students because they're like, "Wait a minute, you were buying the stock and now you're shorting it. Which one is it? Make up your mind." And you know, I've been called like this, this politician, like flip flopper. And I'm like, "Well, that's what trading is. You know, <laughs> you're not married to a position." Uh, but I know it's tough for, for beginner traders to understand why a company might be a good buy for 10, 15, 20 minutes and then a good short for 30 minutes. But this is a good example of exactly how that can happen. Uh, it totally depends on the price and the pattern and as you see more and more of these you'll start to learn that. So this is why I, you know I say I'm a glorified history teacher, but it's your duty to study that history
1: a couple very good points there and uh you know i i i i agree and disagree with with tim on that you know he talks about trading the price action ultimately if you're day trading an 80 cent stock like grnh you know you're not investing in this you're not holding it overnight you're strictly trading the price action the momentum i mean if it's ripping on big volume you're looking to buy, if it's fading on fading volume, you're looking to short. And you can make money both ways the same day. Now, and he kind of touches on this, I say as a new trader, avoid flip-flopping. As a veteran trader like Sykes, you can do it all day long. He's been around the block a million times, but man, it if you're, I mean if you're bearish, 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 And then you get stopped out, and then you start trying to buy the stock, and then you try to short the stock. I say as a new trader, yeah, you know, as a new trader, form your bias. I don't care if you're long or you're short. Whatever your bias is, do your worksheet, do your prepare, do your trader checklist. And if you're bullish this stock, and you buy it, and you stop out, don't try to then short it the same. I mean, it's just – your psychology is messed up, instead of re-entering that trade, analyze the trade, see why it didn't work, break it down. But as a new trader, please don't try and sit there and flip long and short all through the day. so:
2: Yeah, I mean I mean, for me, I mean, it just looks like a horrible chart, and it's not the type of chart I'd play. And if I was, was going to play it anyway, I'd play it short, and if I was going to play it short, the reason it's a nice short is because it's really come so far, so fast. But it would, it would have to have a real serious history of failed spikes. And it would all have to be into a wall of previous multi week, multi month resistance. And then you've got some level to play off. But for me, I, I would never touch it long. And I, I would, in the olden days when I was a bit more risky, I would, I would probably take it short, but probably
1: not anymore. So, so like last week. But, uh... So,
2: so oh, the olden, olden, olden days,
1: like last week? <laughs>
2: Uh, me i still do dumb shit but (laughs) but we're what we're talking about flip-flops before and you said you don't wear them now the question is in a hot country like america why don't you wear flip-flops
1: well why would i let let me start with this why would i wear flip-flops
2: it's like air conditioning for your feet because you're permanently feeling a breeze on your toes it's Like air conditioning for your toes. Like that. Okay, so
1: okay, right. so with this lift is lift. my argument for when it's air conditioning for your toes. Okay, so there we go. So back to In my, my role, role. Back to my roller
0: coaster. Hi, this is Aaron, A.K.A. Double A Ron from New York City, and I like to go outside and find a stray dog, preferably an aggressive breed like a pit bull or a rottweiler. Then I get real close. Stare it down eye to eye until it starts to chase me. Then I run. That's right, I run while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade podcast. You can register to win real actual prizes at their website steadytrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did And this is how we say goodbye in New York City.